Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Min. Hey, Scarlett. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. What's that? Um, I'm back on drinking the wines. I'm back on it. I saw Cheers. you are. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, like, um, you know, I'm an alcoholic. So... <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think I should have alcohol in the house because when we had alcohol-free beer for a few mm-hmm. weeks, we had no wine in the house. I was surprised. I was getting used to it. I was not thinking about having a drink in the evening. It doesn't take I, long to snap out of it. But as soon as you get back on the alcohol train, I'm it's a long gone. Like it's long gone. But now, now I need to finish the bottle, don't I? Between me and Mr. Big, we need to finish the bottle. And then and then I'll start on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's just, there's always an excuse. I had this where like yesterday I had maybe like, I had a few glasses of wine and I woke up and I was a bit like, I don't feel as fresh like as I'd like to. And I, I don't, wasn't hungover, but you know, when you're like, mm, yeah, I need a glass of water. Mm. Um, and I was Can like, ah, that's not nice. You know, you don't want to feel like that. Um, and then today I was like, I'm not going to drink, um, despite having yet half a bottle of wine open. And today I wasn't working and I went to a spa and then I had a bit of a stressful morning. And then I was like, this is a treat day. Why would I not have a glass of wine at lunch? Yeah. And then one of my friends was like, make sure you've got a glass, get yourself a nice glass of wine. And then as soon as someone says it, you're like, and I'd resisted it at lunch, but straight after lunch, I went and got myself a glass of wine. And I was just like, yes, there's all there's always a reason. And then I got hit back home and that half bottle of wine is open. Mm-hmm. So what am I to do? <laughs> what am I going to do? How was the spa? I forgot to ask you. It was actually really nice. I think I'm burnt from sitting in the sun. Um, oh, my God, burnt. yeah. I've got like a hang on. I can see it. Oh god. Okay, I really like, don't need to see your tits on camera. You see, there's like a real <laughs> mark. 
Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Don't worry, I did not flash. <laughs> um, no, it was really nice. A really nice spa. Um, yeah. Mm. Would recommend we'll go back. Real. Um, yeah. I would like to, I was hoping I'd come out of there looking 10 years younger, but I definitely don't. <laughs> um I do feel like my skin feels like a baby's bottom, mm. you know, so I'll take that. What maybe... treatment do you have? So I had a full body massage, Oof. a facial and a pedicure. Oh. And so I feel really, really pampered. The facial was amazing. I fell asleep. And do you know how weird it is, the idea that you can fall asleep while someone's touching your face? <laughs> hmm. Like... I don't know, like, like, I would never fall asleep in a massage. Like, that's not me. We talked about this the other day. I can't really relax in a massage because I'm a bit ticklish. Worried about farting, that's what it is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I fell asleep during the facial and that was lovely. Um, But yeah, and you know what? The whole time I was getting my pedicure done, I was just sat there like, I really hate getting my nails done. Like, this isn't pleasant. Yeah, I think feet is a bit of a... I hate, but I, I'm the same with my hands. Like, I love the bit where you're making my feet soft. I love that, like, you know, you're doing that extra bit. You're giving me a little, like, putting a scrub on. You're doing the stuff that maybe I should do more myself. Yeah. Um, love that bit. Do I really care for you then, like, I don't know, shaping my toenails and all that stuff? No. <laughs> it takes so long. I'm just ready for it to be done. Yeah. <laughs> And I think there's something really demeaning about someone ser- like serving your feet. Yeah, it is. I don't like that balance and they're sort of lower than you. And it, I don't like the dynamic. It's, yeah, it's a bit of to a me, power. that's like being at home when your cleaner's there. And I don't have a cleaner, but that's how I imagine it's like that you've hired a cleaner, but you're sat on the sofa whilst they do the work. And that's how I feel it is. Well, I mean, besides that. Sounds like I need to go to therapy, really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Besides that, it was really nice. I um, I would love a massage. Never had one, but have I had one? I've had like a leg one, but that's like... We need to get you to a spa ASAP. I know, I know, honestly. And I, I think I need to start getting into facials. Um, yeah, I I actually think that is the key to good skin. Good skin. So mm. the, I'm actually house sitting at the moment, and the lady that I have um I'm house sitting for, she is the most beautiful skin. I think she's just turned fifty. Her skin mm-hmm. is glowing. It is radiant. She's told me she's had Botox once. She won't do it again. But she gets regular facials, and she I think looks after her skin with nice skincare. But you have to have the facials. I think in between. Like we say, Kylie's skin or Kim's skincare, JLo's skincare is not why their skin looks like that. They go to a very good beautician. They get lots of facials. They get all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in like facial massages. Even it's not just like them, you know, extracting blackheads or, you know. Drainage. Drainage. 
lasering or tightening treatments. It's, it's just the, the massage, yeah. as you said, drainage. And yeah, I agree. And I think it's not a bad thing to start doing when you're 30. No. I know. I was lying there thinking, what level of wealth do I have to get to where this is how someone takes my makeup off every night? Oh, well, I think that would be a bit of a bother, though, for me. Maybe like I'm uh, definitely a facial every two weeks. I'd love just even, just just the way someone like you know when like they just their hands the way, they're so gentle with their hands. Whereas I'd like just get this off. Yeah, I do think about the cost of personal grooming for someone who likes personal grooming. Maybe we should do an episode about this because you know I had the the month quote unquote off in between mm-hmm. jobs and. Um, and I got my acrylics done, which I love. I can't really work with them, if I'm honest. But it was kind of like a treat. But then you have to maintain it. And I was like, okay, now I need to go back for an infill. Yep. And for my holiday, I was like, I really want to get um, lashes. my lashes done. So I booked an appointment for that. And then what else? Oh, there was something else. Um. That's sort of personal growth. Oh, no. And then when you factor in like waxing and things like yeah. that, and you're calculating it on like a monthly basis, like, mm-hmm. is this a reasonable amount of money in upkeep, like infills, waxes, eyelash infills, and all of this stuff? Is it reasonable for me to be spending between 100 and 150 pounds a month? Like, who am I? I know. What's your fashion story? (laughs) (laughs) So my fashion story is I saw a headline on the business of fashion, the debrief, Mm. and I didn't like it. So the headline is, how Skims took on Victoria's Secret and Spanx. And basically, it's obviously talking about how she's competing with these underwear giants. Mm-hmm. And yes, her product might be good, but the answer to that is because she's famous and she's Kim Kardashian and she has loads of followers. Mm-hmm. And she drops a new collection every other week. So even if the original line is not good, like you can buy into the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really, I don't know, it, she's not self-made in that industry, if that makes sense. She might be self-made in whatever the terminology for self-made is as a celebrity, mm-hmm. but I can't, I don't think she's self-made like Spanx. Yeah, I think I think the media gives the Kardashians way too much credit. Yeah. Even when Forbes like discredited Kylie's status as a billionaire, self-made billionaire and a billionaire outright, people they they still push that that narrative mm. and that notion and it can never be taken back now. And then so, you know, with a headline like this, what they do is they align Kim Kardashian with a three decade long 
uh, internationally famous brand that's on every high the first street. to do it as well. Corey's secret, She's like literally made her her line off of Spanx. I heard the story about how I built this. It's a podcast. Oh yeah, for Spanx, and it's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Like where yeah, they've played around with how you different. I'll never say this word right. Hoisery, hosiery, hosiery, hosiery techniques yeah. to create these like shaped shapewear pieces. She's literally copied and used to say that she wore two pairs of Spanx at a time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, that Victoria's Secret, like it's not comparable yet. It isn't. It isn't. It's not comparable. Her business is not as um, pervasive as those two brands. And this isn't me hating on skims or anything like that, but I just found that headline to be a bit unfair. And then what it does is because she's been aligned with those two companies, it makes her brand even more successful. Yeah. You know, Um, People, a lot of people genuinely like skims from what I can tell. I mean, if you like it, by the way, guys, Netaporte has a serious discount on skims. So if you want some, I'd go there. Um, summer sale though, I think it's gone. Um, but it's just like she's clearly creating something that some people genuinely like mm-hmm. and fair play to her. Um, but I don't get the impression that her stuff is like technically as shapewear is on the same level as Spanx. No. Or as uh, a Wolford's. Yeah. Or um, Victoria's Secret carved out a lane for itself. And a lot could be said about that brand. A lot of criticisms could be made about that brand. But we can't deny that it was a cultural phenomenon for some time. And (sighs) you know what? Yeah, we 100% should do an episode on the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Oh, yes, we should. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it. And I think just give just give the Spanx woman her flowers and keep it moving. Yeah. What is your fashion story? Um, well, my fashion story is that it's more of a confession, really. And I know that I feel like some of our listeners will be able to sympathize and relate to some extent. So I am the worst at unpacking suitcases after trips. I don't know if I've spoken about this. I probably have, because (laughs) if you could see my house right now, the whole corridor, I have a suitcase just like opened in the middle of the corridor, stuck ruffled like a mixture of dirty and clean clothes yeah mixed together I've got shoes that I've pulled out from today um out from under my bed in the mix on the floor um and I can't I for someone genuinely like I love clothes and I I think I take care of my clothes relatively well there's nothing there's not a task that I hate more doing. It's packing and unpacking. Mm. Yeah, I think unpacking, the thing that you touched on of like, some of it's clean, some of it's not. 
I feel like the easiest bit is to take the dirty stuff out and like put it near at least the washing machine or put it in. It's like, for me, it's put, I hate putting away laundry. So it, it goes in with that, right? It Mm. is that almost on a worse scale because you're kind of like, it's been in the suitcase. Should I clean it? Should I air it out for a bit? La la la. Like there's, does this need re-ironing now? Like all this stuff we like, I'll deal with that later. I know. I know. Um, Because you want to put it away properly. And I guess even a bit unlike laundry, at least laundry's all clothes. When you're unpacking it, then maybe like your skincare, like different things that have different places. You really need to have the, the right mindset for that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ever going to change my ways, but oh well, packing is the worst. Um, and then also now I have finally, because my cousin's getting married at the end of this year. I say end of this year. What I mean is next month. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. um, And I've finally gotten my outfit together. (sighs) And I've, I think I've placed about three orders and returned all of them. Um, And I finally got something. So I feel like I'm on a roll with these wedding. Yeah. So Mim was at a wedding at the weekend and she served a real look. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think it's my best look yet. Mm. I was telling everyone, I was like, I think this is my best one. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. Um, nice. Yeah. So I know there's like half the world now is probably going through a trying summer of what do I wear to this next wedding? Yeah. You know, this post-COVID wedding. Um, because everyone has a billion of them. And this is coming from someone who had zero weddings most of her adult life. Mm. And now I have five this year. And it happens. This is what happens when you turn 30. Stop it. No, genuinely. (sighs) My brothers, the year they turned 30, they were each at like eight weddings. You think people panic about their age and start just like cuffing up? Potentially. (laughs) But I also just think that's naturally the an age where if you've been together with someone for a while, that Mm. you just might it's around about that age that people, I guess, start thinking maybe a bit differently um yeah but yeah it's tough though I've got a wedding coming up in September oh that is next month yeah um and I've kind of got two options one is a bit more I bought this dress actually both the dresses are I saw them I liked them I thought wedding and I bought them because I thought you never ever find these dresses when you're looking for them um and one's a bit more play safe and one's a bit more like showing a bit of personality um and I just really don't know which path I'm gonna go down I'll probably go play it safe because I know no one at this wedding um but it's funny I just love how close you can be a totally different person at all these different events or you can choose a different persona or all of that stuff I don't know I think that's a really interesting idea. I know you've spoken about playing different characters depending on what you wear. Mm. I think I realise as I get older, me dressing myself is more about presenting as the person I 
closer to either who I want to be or how I see myself. And it doesn't involve multiple characters. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Um, do I think I have multiple characters? I think I do. I think I have a few personas. Um, or maybe it's more dress codes that I've got. I sort mm. of have, yeah, I have a few different types of dress codes, I guess, depending on my commitment or... Yeah, whereas if you kind of are at a stage where if you go out the house, you're committed. Am I? Yeah, you said like you're either off duty and you're in tracksuits or if you're out of the house, like... Oh, in that sense. You're putting on an outfit. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I'm I'm still a bit slapdash. <laughs> okay. I, I get what you mean now. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, identities. They're a tricky one, aren't they? It's a crisis. Hey. <laughs> um, do you want to jump into our main topic for today? We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. So we are discussing designer bags. Yeah, we are discussing basically where the future of designer bags and consumers and that relationship and all of that is going. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, actually, before we get into it. Um, Do you think there is such a thing as having too many designer bags? Yes. Okay. I would even argue that I have too many. Ooh. And I don't have that many bags and they are from work. But I would say I, well, and also actually I notice now that because of work, that normally dictates my handbag. Mm-hmm. And so I normally use a smaller handbag that can just be my essentials. And then because of the nature now of work where you take your laptop into work because of work from home, mm-hmm. I need a larger bag mm-hmm. to ferry that stuff around. And then maybe that's got lunch bits or other stuff in it. So I then use a smaller bag. So I kind of have a rotation of only maybe like three or four styles of smaller bags. That's also probably because I just don't have that many small bags. But I just see myself using my bags not enough. 
And so my answer of like having too many is I think you're meant to use your things. I don't think we're meant to own things and have them as trophies, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to a bag. If we really want to take it there, that is a cow that has died. <laughs> like yeah. That is leather, all of that stuff, if you want to take it there. But also, if not, that is someone who sat there, they've made it, you've paid a lot of money for it. It's not just meant to sit and gather dust on a shelf. I just think if you buy something, you're meant to use it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think so. Um, so Do you this... think there's such a thing as too many? Huh. Well, I think in light of what this episode is, you know, jumping on. So last week there was some really interesting information and data that came out in regards to what is predicted to be in the next what like five six years a doubling of the number of handbag sales um which just sounded and looked ridiculous and unfathomable Mm. um I think there is such a thing as too many designer handbags I too many designer bag handbags for one person to have yeah it's like the number of sales of handbags increases because more people have access to that sort of disposable wealth, which allows them to spend two grand on a bag. I mean, like more power to them, you know, but I do think that when we watch these videos on YouTube of like rich people's closets and wardrobes, and it's like they have a museum in their house of the most exclusive Birkins yeah. and the most exclusive Chanel pieces and whatnot, I sometimes I think the idea of this is a piece of art can and and that is why I've bought so many and I bought such expensive handbags because it's a collector's item and it's a piece of art I think that excuse can sometimes wear thin um, because art in your house for example is there for everyone to enjoy people walk past it and they see it and it it creates atmosphere I think having a handbag in your walk-in wardrobe sitting there gathering dust probably in its dust bag away from sunlight so that the leather color doesn't fade (laughs) is really indulgent like there's only as you said there's only so many places you can you know like the exclusive Chanel bags really can't be well they can be but will you take them to Waitrose with you Mm. probably not how many holidays do you go on where you are going to be carrying all those bags in your suitcase in your luggage yeah and then every day wearing a different handbag it's unrealistic to think that you're really going to enjoy it yeah and I actually I think of probably a time when I was younger and if my I would hear my mum sort of excusing maybe she was buying something and it would be like oh it's like I need a silver belt because I don't have one and there used to be more like a justification of this outfit needs a silver belt or this I want a silver bag to match my silver belt my silver shoes that used to be the way I think that we don't shop with that justification anymore I think we shop with I want it so I'm gonna buy it 
And I think that that's probably why there's such a thing as too many, because it's not like, oh, I don't own one like that already. You don't hear people say that. They don't feel the need to justify it. The justification of I want it is enough. And it is enough. Mm -hmm. I think that's how we've got to a point where people are kind of collecting things and probably without them realizing, are they actually using them? No. Day to day, no. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's a really interesting point. Like the way we justify these purchases has changed over time. Um, So the kind of piece of data that we're referring to is that this year well actually last year in 2021 um the sale of designer bags um amounted to globally amounted to about 64 billion us dollars um and in 2027 it's estimated to be about 99 billion dollars if we were to put to take like the 2019-2020 figure, that 2027 expected figure is exactly double. Doubled in 10 years, just under 10 years. And it's insane. And I think that like that sort of projection is fueled by the fact that a lot of brands focus on handbags because that's where they make their real money mm. and so they continue to churn out different styles different colorways hero bags hero pieces um and so there's always a new bag to cover and that's why we're gonna see you know we see they they put a lot of focus into their handbag range and that's why we're gonna see that growth i think yeah, I think so. I think that I was explaining this to someone the other day. They're like, oh, would you do clothing? And I was like, no, that's not where you make money. Um, mm-hmm. And then we talked about bags. Um, but bags is where it's at. And it's we've somehow just started justifying it. And we mentioned this a few times now. But we just have started justifying these costs of a handbag. Like I kind of can't believe that the pay packet comparison that there could be like a 20 something year old living in London, probably on around 30 grand a year, like a decent salary, whatever. Um, but they're saving up to buy a designer handbag or already own one and they're saving up for their next. And that is something that they make part of their goal. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy that originally these bags were for the super wealthy and we're now trying to like infiltrate and have those things and covet it. But that people are, I think it's also the generation of, well, I'm never going to be able to afford a house. So mm-hmm. I'm not saving for that anymore. So I'm going to put my money into this kind of a thing. But I spend half my life on wondering and there's like a that TikTok thing of like my parents will ask me, can I afford this lifestyle? And I'm just like, no. Yeah. Um, but they all have like, yeah, designer handbags and they're all going out for brunch and meals all the time. And I mm. see these people, I'm like, how are you affording this? But that's just what they're prioritizing. 
before we started recording actually I was listening to a podcast episode it's also on YouTube from this channel that I've been watching for years and it's called The Financial Diet and she has a podcast called The Financial Confessions and anyway she had a guest on and this guest her podcast is about gossiping and so obviously the topic for this podcast episode was about like the worst like scenarios that people had written into explaining a time when there was a really cringe financial moment or they had a financial realization like financial stories yeah Mm -hmm. about their friends or people they know and stuff so it was gossiping and um both of the 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 hosts of this podcast and the guests they um both started their careers in writing so it was like writing columns or articles, freelancing, that sort of creative media industry. And they both said that, you know, so a a lot of, um, both of them, I mean, like would have friends and acquaintances and they would have conversations with each other about, you know, it's so expensive living in New York and, you know, the industry doesn't pay a lot and blah, blah, blah. You know how we all kind of gossip about our financial woes. And they were both saying how they found out later on that there were a few of them who were being financially supported by their parents, but not being forthcoming about it, acting as if they were living off of what little income. Yeah, what little money they get paid for for a writing job, a writing gig, or you know. And um anyway, that in itself is uh a bit deceiving. Mm. I think the same probably happens with 20 somethings who we see online, yeah, know in person who are quote unquote, they say. I'm I save up for my bags all the bags I have from your pocket money from your dad save for the things I want so that I can walk into a Chanel boutique and buy a three four thousand pound bag I don't think so because I remember being in my 20s in my early 20s and I remember how much I was getting paid and there was no way there was no way if I, I could save for that there was, it was not possible. You can't save what you don't have, literally. <laughs> and so, like, for like one story, um, they were saying how she had a, she knew someone that was her friend. She later on found out that that writer um, who was, you know, seemingly doing well in their career, their parents had been paying for her New York City apartment until she was 40. And I think that happens Basically I tell you all that to say That happens to People we see Who have substantial Handbag collections Yeah Yeah I agree I think that a lot of Yeah 20 somethings Definitely are getting probably a bit of a leg up Or they've got an extraordinary Salary circumstances whatever that may be um yeah for sure I think that one of the really interesting graphs that this article had was talking about necessary and unnecessary purchases 
and how basically the idea of an unnecessary purchase is that's responsible for all of the growth is that they're unnecessary purchases so a necessary purchase is that I need a bag for work like whether I buy that from Zara or buy that from Prada is my own prerogative but that to me is like a necessity or I want to buy a baby changing bag Uh, like I might buy a Chanel backpack rather than going to Marks and Spencers those are deemed necessary Mm. Um, but when we're just doing that frivolous thing of like oh well I wanted a blue YSL bag or I saw it and I liked it so I just guess I got it these are unnecessary like don't get me wrong we all shop this way it's not a bad thing but we don't we don't need so many of the things that we have and we're just becoming this very gluttonous like collecting era of consumers yeah um also it was predicted that much of the drive for this increase in purchases of designer bag are of course coming from the states and from china Mm. china has a a, like a really fastly growing middle class that are interested in buying handbags and i think for the same reasons that we in the west do as well buying a designer handbag is a clear indication of financial success and if you want to buy something from an expensive brand you kind of want people to know that it's an expensive bag and I don't care what any of you say about oh I like the bags that don't have monogram I like really subtle ones I like you know Bottega Veneta because you can't tell that it's Bottega Veneta or I like the really um understated designer bags and why do so many of you have a Gucci disco bag <laughs> so many of you have a never full in monogram yeah (laughs) yeah I know we all want you know to outwardly show the appearance of success otherwise we would only spend money on the inside of our homes you know and never on the clothes that we wear sort of thing um But yeah, so those two markets in particular is going to be driving a lot of the sales in the next coming years. Um, And yeah, again, not really surprising because, you know, both of us are aware how much these brands do cater towards the Asian market in particular. Yeah, they have a whole merchandising strategy for that market. Exactly. I think with the States, it's like, oh, the States will like whatever is kind of cool and trendy. Same with like the UK, Um, whatever's new and fresh, people there will more or less buy into it. But there's so much more like direction when it comes to catering to the Asian market, like particular designs specifically to cater to that market. Mm. particular promotions especially to cater to that market um even to the point of like store policies of 
you you need to make sure that when you're showing someone a product, you're showing them the one that's been on display and you're keeping a lot of fresh, untouched, still wrapped up with the polystyrene foam and the and the plastic over it yep. because particularly customers from China, oh, from yeah. China want the fresh, never been out the packaging version. Yeah. You know? No, that's so true that 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 we are I don't want to say manipulated, <laughs> but we are essentially being manipulated. There are people who are literally predicting our consumer needs our spending habits they are purposefully trying to appeal to us so yeah it's kind of that the trends are changing and these companies are adjusting and they're making decisions based off of that um and it's it's sort of now this vicious cycle that we're all a part of um However, I I actually just can't see it changing. I can't see it slowing down. I think that even with the world moving towards being more conscious and, you know, even if we move away from fast fashion in the next 10 years, I don't see this consumerism changing because of the price tag. I -hmm. just don't think we see it as, like, as as bad as fast fashion yeah yeah it's like when something is priced expensive we even if it's not the case we kind of see it as inherently better quality yeah it's a reason why something is priceless yeah we we have no proof for it but yeah we assume it is mm-hmm. um also another really interesting point i'd like to get your viewpoint on is i think over recent years we've seen a lot of up and coming brands, you know, making it really big, especially like on social media and whatnot. And they are producing clothes and bags to the same kind of level of quality, whether, you know, they're using the same tanneries as these designer Mm. uh, conglomerate companies do or manufacturing their product in the same locations or using the same techniques to make their products, but they are coming at coming in at less expensive, you know, prices. So whereas before, if you wanted a nice bag, you might go to Louis Vuitton. Let's just go for an obvious one. Louis Vuitton. Now you can get a really nice bag from a lot of these other upstart companies that are making really nice Italian leather handcrafted bags for half the price. Yeah. You know? um, and I think that that feeds into this new demand for handbags. Um, do you think people are going to be willing to buy more into these newer brands these niche companies, niche brands, or do you think we're just really going to double down into the like top five companies and just be like really homogenous with our handbags? My gut instinct is that we're going to double down on the logos and the named brands because I think it's a status thing, like, isn't it? And I know that if 
if I bought a Chanel, would I think that's what it is? No, but is it inherently? Yes, because why else am I lusting after it? There's nothing else I'm lusting after with such a hefty price tag. It comes with it. Um, I don't know, just like, yeah, this status or whatever. And I just think, unfortunately, newer brands, I think we're more willing to do that with fashion, with clothes. I think we're willing to give that independent company that's done a beautiful dress or blouse or trousers. I think we're way more on board with that. But when it comes to a handbag, I think that's still the status symbol. Mm -hmm. Like, and more so than shoes. And it's funny I feel like we're missing a trick. Why aren't shoes catching up? But I think people can't justify spending that on shoes because if you wore a bag a hundred times, but you look after it, Mm -hmm. it can stay the same. If you wear a pair of shoes a hundred times, they're going to crease. They're going to get worn. They're going to get scuffed. You can't avoid it. Mm -hmm. If you live a normal life and you don't just hop in and out of taxis. But I do think that footwear could definitely meet meet us somewhere yeah so really like you think for a lot of people it's too risky to spend that level of money on anything but a handbag yeah yeah I think you're right like even for myself and I'm assuming for yourself what areas I would justify spending the most money would be on coats Mm-hmm. bags and shoes and then the order would probably be the bags coats shoes yeah you're right you're right and even with the coat you're buying it a size bigger than what you need because you're scared that that you might year, you might outgrow it yeah well not outgrow just you know well not well, outgrow yeah, i'm not getting any taller <laughs> um, but yeah I I was really shocked at the thought that knowing how our spending habits are now, shocked at the thought in 10 years time, we are going to be twice as bad. Mm. Um, I think it's a scary thought that there will continue to be people who are getting so incredibly wealthy that we are buying double the amount of high end designer handbags, like say 500 pound and upwards. Um, yeah, that it's telling us that that wealth is increasing or people's money priorities are going to be changing. And it's got to be a combo of both. Your money priorities can't change unless there's wealth around. Like I can intend to buy something, but unless I have the wealth and the means to do it, it's mm. only ever an intention. Unless it's like the rich get real richer yeah. and the get poorer and all these sales are coming from the people right at the top because globally what you know inflation guys all of that nonsense um cost of living crisis all of that but they're projecting that next year's sales for designer bags is going to be higher than yeah. this year so it's like not e- not only is chanel increasing their prices again quarter after quarter but the financial crisis that we're living through right now is not is mm. not hindering the sales of designer handbags. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Especially after 
the few years that we've had, I would have thought that would adjust people's spending habits a little. People were investing more in their homes. But it's funny how, like, leopards don't change their spots, you know? Mm. Old habits die hard. Yeah. So, ending this podcast, I know what your number one handbag is going to be, yeah? Okay. So, what's your number two? After you get that Chanel classic flap, you know? I don't know if it'll be a classic flap, but it would be a Chanel bag. Okay. So, okay, tell me what your number one is and then what your number two would be right after that, Chanel. So, I don't know what style Chanel. I'd actually be, I'm quite torn. It probably will be a classic flap, but I think uh, it will either be um, silver and gold. (laughs) Hold on, silver leather, gold Gold hardware. hardware. Uh, But more like... There's a vintage shape that I like that's more square, not like the oblong shape. Yeah. Or I'd go a bit funky and go for like a tweed one or just something. I don't know. I kind of really feel like if I'm spending that amount of money, I just don't want the same bag that a million other women on this planet have. I think going for a more classic shape, but that colour combo is winning. Yeah. It would go for like the double flat classic or whatever with this metallic leather the gold hardware chef's kiss because then you can wear it with different jewelry yeah different shoes and it's not a colorway that you see people with yeah that's the thing well because i don't think they do it um <laughs> a girl can dream what's your number two just funnily enough i really don't lust after bags so i when I used to have to do research for competitors' bag shapes, you get really into it and you get really sucked into, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Like at one point I was having to do quite a lot of stuff on like beach bags and the Dior book tote was so on my list for ages. And I don't know why. Like I've got I've got shopping bags that look like that. I don't need a £2,000 version of it. Yeah. But you just, when you are around it and you're researching it and you're checking what the dimensions are and you're, it it becomes part of your brainwaves. Mm. But I don't know. I really like Chloe bags, you know. I really like, the, I think it's called like the Mini C or something like that or the, the, the Chloe C bag quite like price, that the prices aren't too bad of uh chloe bags yeah i love acne bags at the moment i really like their knot bag i really like that mm-hmm. uh it's got like two little knots at the side and it's got like different shapes i think they're really nice but i don't know i feel like my brain has really taken a, a turn for sort of letting that just be a fantasy world like it's at one point it was a real like this is a plan I need to own this and then I'll probably get another one and now it's kind of like ha 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 like I'll get my Chanel but ha 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 mm. how about you though what, what's on your list I know you do have lists and saved folders and um that makes me sound worse than I actually I mean have. it's like it, it's some screenshots on your phone oh yeah I have to screenshot it say it it really does uh 
it stops it focuses my attention on things as opposed to me buying everything and anything um I think if I were going to buy a bag it would be um it's by Van Van and it's this it's called cat box bag or something like that basically it's this hard rectangular shaped bag yeah um and on the top it has this cat in bronze the handle is this like bronzy gold handle it's like this cat with this arched back and it is like the coolest (sighs) original bag and I love it so much because I haven't like the handle itself is like the statement yeah um yeah I think I just haven't seen it on the street before I think it's great and if I were to spend two grand three grand on a bag it's it, this one's kind of got like a vintagey vintage yeah sounds like it thing. yeah and um oh, yeah I just think it's a statement I love it that's so funny that neither of us have gone for like I mean like granted mine's a Chanel maybe a classic flap but we haven't just gone for the what everyone else would be spending their money on and the statistics that this article surrounds itself on. Yeah. I think it's something has to be said about when you don't have access to things, you have to evaluate. Yeah, that's true. You have to really consider your, like, yeah, your purchases. (laughs) Exactly. If if we literally, if we were like multi If I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd be here, there and everywhere buying ridiculous shit yeah <laughs> I'd be like I'll have it in every color I'd be buying that um that Dior monogrammed scooter that they had in Emily in Paris you know oh my God, like, the Vespa collab <laughs> Vespa. well the other day we saw a Dior monogrammed pram yes we did <sighs> yeah yeah in a <sighs> Chanel store <laughs> I know Sacrilege. Um, but yeah, what is our poll for this week? How many bags is too many bags? Yeah. Yeah. What do you have a number in mind? Um, um I can't help but base it on my own collection. Yeah, I just <laughs> I saw you looking turning around and looking. I I'm gonna say like know. 20, but that's quite high. I don't think 20 is that high. I'm but being honest. We, but we've worked in fashion. Someone who's buying these bags from scratch. Designer bags or bags in general? I guess would well. Because bags in general, 20 is not a lot. No, I know, but I'm not, we're not meaning Zara bags, are we? Um okay, designer bags. Um I think if someone says I have this number of designer bags, I'd be like, girl, you need to slow down. If someone said they had 50, I'd be like, I know for sure you're not using half of them. <laughs> that would be my barometer of like, you are batshit crazy. Um, yeah. If someone said they had about 30, I'd be like, hmm, that's a lot. But, you know, like each to their own. <laughs> each to their own. <laughs> 30 is my like unequivocally like that's a lot of bags girl well let's let's let the people decide how many is too many
thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys. Don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.